It's Bedlam week. It's nearly here. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Cowboys coming to Norman. Huge game for both. Locked on crossover here. And uh, thanks always for making us your first listen each and every day. Locked on Sooners, locked on Oklahoma State. With Cody Stovall, I'm Josh Elmer. Cody, this is not the Bedlam. Uh, you know, definitely not for Oklahoma State, given the way that the season started out for the Cowboys. And uh, for Oklahoma, this was not the expectation of what they thought this Bedlam edition would look like. But here we are. Obviously, it's uh, a couple of teams with some, you know, larger numbers in the loss column than they wanted or expected coming into this game. But it's Bedlam. You know, it's funny. If we wouldn't have jumped into the top 25, this was going to be the first unranked Bedlam since like 2005 which is the year Gundy was absolutely horrendous. It's crazy. It's a weird bedlam, man. It's a really weird bedlam. It Where are have you? That championship feel to it, right? Like you can go back, historically speaking, there's literally six or seven times in the past 12 years that the winner of bedlam either secured the spot to play in the Big 12 title game, right? Or at least put themselves in a position to go to the Big 12 title game. And you guys always knock us out. I don't know why you do that. It's, it's incredibly rude of you. But, you know, it's just it's weird not having that championship level take on it this year. It is a departure. It's obviously the importance of the game just in terms of within the state and to both programs. I mean, Oklahoma, it's for bowl eligibility for the Sooners. And if they don't win this game versus Oklahoma State, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for Sooner fans out there, but it's going to be tough for this team to go to Texas Tech the following week and win on the road if they can't take care of securing bowl eligibility this week. So I'm not trying to say it's not important. Obviously, it's important for both. You want to win Bedlam because it's the Bedlam game. But in terms of what it's meant in the past, the ramifications for the Big 12 Conference itself, uh, for college football playoff hopes for for each, that's not here involved with this bedlam. So how are Oklahoma State fans feeling about this game? We'll talk about Spencer Sanders and his health status as well. But just generally speaking, what is the pulse around the Oklahoma State fan base just for how this season has unfolded and uh, the expectations for this game? The expectations is to certainly win the ball game, right? I don't think that that's like, you know, groundbreaking news by any stretch. Now, the, the concerning part, I think, for the large portion of the fan base is the fact that this is a do-or-die game type for you guys. Because you're right, going into to Lubbock the following week, especially if Baron Morton is healthy, that's difficult. It's a difficult proposition. This is your last game at home. It's senior night. I feel like you're going to pull out all the tricks in the bag, and that's what's scary, right? Fake punts, fake field goals, onside kicks, going forward on fourth down 75,000 times. These are the things that we expect to see, and you can't really prepare for that. That's, that's what sucks about this game. You're in the position that we were typically in, right? Growing up as a kid, you guys were always playing for titles. And we were always playing to just ruin your season, basically. You know what I mean? And although it's, it's a difficult climb to get back into the Big 12 title game, it's not impossible, right? For Oklahoma State, if we went out and K-State loses a game and Texas, you know, a couple, a couple of teams drop games, which is very possible in this wild and wacky Big 12 we're right back in that picture. So now you guys get to play the spoiler. And I don't think that we're insanely confident by any stretch, but we do expect to win because this is one of the handful of times in the last 117 years that we actually have more talent. Yeah, it's a, it's a role reversal in terms of where the two teams are at. And 
I don't think uh, many people, I mean, obviously the, the Kansas state game, it just, uh, it just steamrolled on Oklahoma state. I don't know what happened in that mm-hmm. game outside of Kansas state played the absolute best game and Oklahoma state played probably about as bad as Oklahoma state can play. But with Spencer Sanders, you would think healthy Spencer Sanders, maybe the record looked just, just a little bit different for, for Oklahoma state here, but uh it's definitely, even with the records where they're at, we feel like, or a lot of people would say that maybe, yes, the shoe is on the other foot and uh, Oklahoma State is the better of the two teams going into this Bedlam game. How much does any of that factor in to your mind? Because obviously Oklahoma State uh, was able to win Bedlam last year in Stillwater and, you know, at least relative to what we thought this game might look like, certainly on the, the Oklahoma behalf, this OU team is not who – a bunch of people thought this Oklahoma team might be in Brent Vittable's first year. So you, you're right there. You feel like Oklahoma State is the favorite coming into this game. How does the fan base feel in that in that regard? If Spencer Sanders is healthy, I think that even with the point spread, um, a large portion of people are going to be putting some skin in the game on this one, right? If Spencer doesn't play, it's a completely different story, right? Um, we're going to have to find a way to shut down Gray. I honestly, I honestly feel kind of bad for that dude. How ironic is it that he left Tennessee to come to a school so he could play for titles, and then this this stuff happens? Like, I honestly feel bad because Lincoln Riley gutted that team. Like you had to replace forty two new players, and I know that the expectations are expectations in Norman, Oklahoma. But to think that you're going to bring in forty two new players and just you know roll right in, I think that was a little bit wishful thinking. But five losses, absolutely not. That's nothing anybody could have anticipated. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of in the minority. There's a good portion of O-State fans that are like, oh, yes, it's fun to see OU struggle, to be honest with you, right? I'm of the mindset that I prefer top 10 bedlams because they mean more. And they do more for recruiting, and they mean more on national national landscape. And more importantly, in-state recruiting, Right. Like in-state recruiting is something that we've kind of been able to flip that I do think Brett Venables is going to kind of focus on. So this game to me is huge. We've never beaten OU ever in 117 years, more than two games in a row, right? So you take last year. If we pull this off this year, we have the opportunity next season to do what we have never done, and that's a three-peat on OU. So I feel like that is the focus right now. Well, and obviously, uh, you know, Oklahoma's favored in this game. Uh, how, what's your reaction to Oklahoma being or opening the week? Let's just call it a ballpark touchdown favorite. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think if you know for a fact that Spencer Sanders is healthy, then obviously I think that that flips over. To me, it kind of looks like uh, the expectation from, you know, Vegas is that Spencer Sanders is not healthy enough to lead us the entire game. That's what I get from the point spread. And obviously, you know, you always hear the common misconceptions that you get an automatic three points because it's at home. I don't necessarily buy into that on this one. I think it's more of an injury-related thing. Yeah, and I do think that obviously the odds makers are guarding against that a little bit. And Sanders, for his part, give him credit. He came in, uh, you know, really – right tail into the third quarter last week and led a couple of scoring drives in Oklahoma State's able to rally back and beat Iowa State. I don't. I don't think uh, he's fully healthy, though, and I do think that's a big factor in this game. 
Let's let's talk about that next. Uh, obviously, as always, we love to tell you about our great friends at BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. We've got it all. BetOnline.net. And if you love your sports podcasts, you can find those online at BetOnline.net as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts at BetOnline.net. So one of the questions that I posed to John uh, in our most recent episode was, how much is Oklahoma State going to be willing or able to run Spitzer Sanders? Because when you look at OU, and I don't know, sounds like a broken record. I feel like I've been having this conversation about Sooner teams and dual threat quarterbacks, and maybe it's just pronounced because <laughs> OU fans are always talking about it. And I, probably everybody to some degree has had their fair share of problems with dual threat quarterbacks. But for some reason, quarterbacks that can run a little bit, Cody, just give Oklahoma fits, and that's no different. And it's certainly pronounced with an Oklahoma team and defense this year that's just having a ton of trouble stopping anybody that runs the football. So with that all being said, Oklahoma State, they've kind of had some of their problems just conventionally turning and handing off to running backs and running the football that way. So you would think you would think that the quarterback run game could be a big, big factor in this game. Is Oklahoma State going to be willing to run uh, designed quarterback runs with Spencer Sanders? Is he healthy enough for that in this game? Is he healthy enough? Probably not. Is he competitive enough? Probably. I think you're exactly right. Our running game this year has been absolutely horrendous. Now, I think some of it's due to scheme, right? We're, we've adapted that zone blocking scheme over the last couple of years, which fit perfectly for Jalen Warren. It does not work for Dominic Richardson. It, we're, we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole, and I don't get it. So, yes, you're right. It equals our quarterbacks have to be able to run. And with as adamant as Spencer Sanders was in his interview that he will be playing and he will be starting, I think that the whole offense is going to be open for this one. I really do. Um, and I think Spencer's kind of cashing all his chips into this game. And whether he gets more injured or not, I don't think he cares whether he plays against West Virginia or not. I think I think he's going for broke on this one. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he's been an outspoken guy at times about this Bedlam game, and I think has <laughs> has upset Oklahoma fans, no doubt. But <laughs> I think vocalized a lot of things, like last year leading up to the game, uh, some of the remarks that Spencer Sanders made. I think that's something that Oklahoma State fans wanted to hear their quarterbacks say, right? So this is someone that has really embraced this game, Cody. Yep. Guys, what what is the only major reason Oklahoma State fans still like Les Miles? It's because he was unapologetically brash towards Bedlam, right? The, the things that he said irritated OU fans. It made OU fans kind of happy because it was nice to see somebody be willing to step up to OU. To be honest, what scares me is Gundy, his record in Bedlam, it ain't good. And I would say at 90% of other schools in the United States of America, if you go 3-15 and 15 against your rival, you probably don't have a job. So it, it does put Gundy in an odd predicament, but this is a must win. This is an absolute must win. Like I said earlier, there's only been a handful of times we've had equal talent, right? But like the last one, 2014, we were a better football team and it, it barely showed, right? 
this is a time that we, I think, are better from a 2D perspective, and we need to take <clears throat> control of the game. We have to find a way to run the ball without Spencer Sanders. Uh, to me, that means more Jaden Nixon and Ollie Gordon. Um, I love Dominic Richardson. But, but maybe if there's a game that he's going to run possessed, it is this because he is an Oki and it is Bedlam. Where in your mind going into this thing, I would say probably one of the biggest strengths for Oklahoma coming in is just, and I don't even know if Sooner fans would sit here and tell you, Cody, that Oklahoma is just this terrific run rushing offense. I know the numbers look pretty good, but almost I think some Sooner fans would say, well, yeah, Eric Gray's a terrific running back. We don't know if this offensive line is everything that necessarily top to bottom all season that Oklahoma fans have been looking for. But if there was a strength for Oklahoma right now, I think most OU fans would say, okay, it's Eric Gray running the football. And that's where a lot of their hopes maybe in this Bedlam game lie is that, okay, Eric Gray can keep doing what he's doing. Maybe you mix in some play action pass, hit a couple of deep shots over the top Mm -hmm. over uh, with Marvin Mims. And just generally speaking, we don't see the three interceptions that Dylan Gabriel threw versus Baylor or just the uh, poor first half offensively. I mean, that was a, a train wreck for Oklahoma offensively the first half in Morgantown. Inexplicably, defense plays well, and then offense decides that they can't uh, can't play compl- competent, complimentary football. That's been kind of the story for Oklahoma. But big key for OU, Eric Gray's got to continue to be Eric Gray. Where do you see for Oklahoma State when you look at this game, okay, here's an edge for Oklahoma State clearly in this game? If everybody's healthy – I, I think that our defensive line is better than your O-line, right? I'm just – to me, on film, it seems pretty pretty uh, obvious. The difficulty, though, is stopping Eric Gray. So I think this game, for both sides, is pretty simplistic. Our objective is going to be stop the running game and make Gabe, Dylan Gabriel throw. And I think it's the same for you guys, right? If you know Spencer Sanders has a banged-up shoulder, stop the run, make him throw the ball because – you can see after every game, every practice, every meeting, he's got ice on that shoulder. So it's something that continuously hurts him on a day-to-day basis. So in my opinion, him throwing 18 times in the fourth quarter as opposed to 48 times throughout the, the entirety of a game, that's where I, I think you could see that injury peek its head up. The Mike Gundy factor here, you touched on it a little bit, Cody. The The history is not what – for the greatest coach, right, in Oklahoma State history, it's not what fans desire in Bedlam. And yet you're coming off a year where you won this game and all of a sudden you come into this game. And if you're Oklahoma State, you have to feel pretty confident going into this thing. I'm just curious, what's your reaction to sort of the the vibe around Mike Gundy this week? Because he strikes me as someone that's very relaxed. And I know that, look – leaders at the university of texas or at oklahoma state are going to ruffle feathers for certain oklahoma fans it is what it is the oan t-shirt thing look that's that's its own deal i think generally speaking it's probably good business for coaches and players to leave politics out of football but generally speaking i dig myself some mike gundy right i'm not saying he's perfect he's made some probably pr mistakes at times I kind of like Mike Gundy this week taking a couple of shots at Brian Bosworth and doing this and that. And uh, fine bomb. Yeah. yeah. So where where do you stand with everything with Mike Gundy this week and just kind of the approach that he's taken in the media room? It probably has no impact on the game whatsoever, but just what are your thoughts about it? 
Uh, you know, uh, I'm 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 kind of glad you asked me that, but I'm also kind of not because I this is the only time I get flack from my fan base is when I discuss Gundy because I'm not of the mindset of he can do no wrong, right? And he gets a free pass 24-7. His Bedlam record and things that he's done decision-making wise are extremely frustrating. He has field gold and punted his way to how many losses in this game, right? But you're right. Him coming out fiery and confident and having a long interview, like there's a good historical analysis you can do on Gundy in his interviews, right? You can tell when things are going well because he does a 35-minute interview. If things aren't going well, he does a 10-minute interview. I like the fact that he stirred the pot. I think some of the things that he said were, were accurate, right? If you reverse time and he goes to OU and he doesn't go to OSU, correct? And he ends up starting there and y'all continue your tra trajectory. He probably is the head coach at OU. And I hear some OU fans that have said, no, there's no way that would ever happen because we'd fire him if he's three and 15 against his rival. But you got to think from athletic standpoint, that wouldn't have happened. Does that make sense? It took Gundy a long time to build up the roster to where it is now. Like legitimately, it took 15 years for him to get a two deep that could play with anybody. Um, so I do like him coming out fiery. I do like him spicing it up a bit because I also agree with one other thing. He said that it's not like it used to be like I mean, you, pl you played high school ball. Yeah. 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 Not you very well with your rivals. No, you hate, we hated our rivals. You know what I mean? Like I would rather punch my rival in the face than go have dinner with him, but it's not like that anymore. And it started, I remember when Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield were going spring break together. I hated it. I absolutely hated it, but it is what it is. It's a different time. So who cares about Bedlam more now? It's us. It's the fans and the staff, the players. Yeah, they care. Yes. They're going to get into it. It's going to get a little chippy. It'll be a little bit intense, but before and after the game, they're still going to be friends. They're still going to be buddies. Right? So I liked it. Mike Gundy spiced this thing up a bit. It needed to be done. Well, and it's got the other layer of spice to it as well, just because, Probably this is – and we'll see what scheduling looks like with the uh, next season. I mean, it, it looks, feels, sounds like now Oklahoma and Texas certainly at the very least will be a part of this conference still again for next season. Now the year after that, we'll see in what would be that uh, final year of the current Big 12 grant of rights. Though it seems like Oklahoma and Texas, if you're listening to Brett Yormark and the conversations that are out there from the Big 12 commission, that he's under the impression, at least he's given that public impression, that Oklahoma and Texas, they're they're sticking through the entirety of the grant of rights. So with that in mind, we think, okay, another bedlam here and then two more after that, unless inexplicably the Big 12 conference decides, you know what, we're not going to have OU and Oklahoma State play this season. I can't imagine that would be the case because it's a ratings game. It makes too much sense to have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play Bedlam each of those final couple of years. I would imagine that, you know, the games that you chop out in terms of our current Big 12 alignment, not going to be a rivalry game. I would hope, right? That, that would make sense that you wouldn't do that. So with all of that being laid out and said, we are sneaking up, we think, toward one of the final editions of this game. Has any of the smoke has it left in Stillwater at all or still quite a bit of animosity for Oklahoma's decision to go to the SEC? Where is all of that with the backdrop of this game? Well, I mean, honestly, with the way that your season is going, 
I think that most Oklahoma State fans, it, there's there's not a lot of animosity anymore. Last year, yes, it was. It, we we hated the fact that you know OU in Texas left us in the middle of the night, and the Big Twelve was kind of floundering. But now the Big Twelve is very 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 strong, right? And I I think it's one of those things that you know it's it's a it's a divorce, and both sides are just ready to move on. You know what I mean? I think the animosity is is kind of died out quite a bit because of the season you're having, right? If you guys are 11 or competing for 11 wins, right? Or 12 wins, then this is a different conversation. And yes, there probably is still more animosity, but because of how good the future big 12 is looking and, and that's indicative by the ratings, mind you, right? The big 12 ratings right now with or without OU are destroying the PAC 12's numbers. So I think most O state fans are just happy that, the Big 12 looks good. It's in a good position moving forward. And OU and Texas probably are, I wouldn't say regretting the decision, but I would say that both teams are going to take every every uh, amount of time uh, they can have in the Big 12 in order to get right and get prepared for the SEC. That's probably – I'm curious more of your thoughts just on the actual – new composition of the big 12 going forward. Uh, maybe that's more of an off season or once we get into basketball and wrestling season conversation, I think people probably want to hear more about this game itself, but I, I mean, I like the league. I think it's going to be exciting. Just some final thoughts on Bedlam uh, final thoughts on Bedlam. This uh, episode, this locked on crossover, it's brought to us by new feeling like you just can't get in shape. It's not your fault. As men age, our bodies naturally lose free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man, and it can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. So you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, ladies and gents. Well, for the gents out there, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testafin. It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE. That's COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now. Get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text COLLEGE 231-231. Final thoughts on this bedlam. Uh, you can offer up a prediction if you would oh, like. Sure. I'm not. For I'm sure. not talking feet to the fire in that regard unless you're comfortable, but uh, final, final thoughts from you. How are you feeling about this 2022 Bedlam? Uh, I'm nervous. Be 100% honest with you. I, again, the the propensity that teams have had all year to go for it on fourth down over and over and over and over and over on us, because we are really good at third down defense. We're still top 10 in the country, third down defense, right? But it just, I just, you know, it makes me nervous, man. The, the fact that y'all can throw the entire kitchen sink at us and our defense has not been very um, good at adapting, right? Mid-game. They just haven't. The only game we adapted good was Texas, right? So I am concerned. I would love to sit here and say I'm super confident, pump my chest, say we're going to beat down OU. That would be great. But I think I'd be lying to myself. 
Uh, for my score prediction, I'm going to say around, uh, no, I'm just going to say it, 28-21 Cowboys, right? Just like Spencer Sanders cemented himself in Cowboy lore for coming in the fourth quarter to win the Iowa State game, right? Gundy, I think, can do the same thing by winning this game. If Gundy loses this game, I think it's a massive black eye on him. If he wins this game, I think it takes people like me who are a little bit more hesitant to praise all things Gundy because it's something he has never done. He's never beat OU twice in a row. He has to do it. It's a a must win. This is the biggest game of the season, hands down, because you are the most deadly at this very moment due to you needing to get into a bowl game. Yeah, and look, there's a hint of desperation for Oklahoma in this game. The To avoid this thing being in, in some Oklahoma fans would tell you, Cody, that regardless of what happens the rest of the way, it's an outright disaster already, right? Yeah. But for me, to avoid it being an outright disaster, this thing can't finish 5-7 and seven for Sooner fans and for this Oklahoma team if you want to sit here and have any conversation with anybody and say that 2022 wasn't just a total – waste in a failure in terms of just what you get out of this season so I think that hint of desperation I'm hopeful I guess that that plays into Oklahoma playing well in this game I'm not putting any stock into the fact that Oklahoma defensively has turned some kind of a corner even though West Virginia uh, was pretty good offensively in Big 12 play at home and Oklahoma did find a way to first six drives of the game uh, shut West Virginia down now granted the don't don't remind anybody that four out of the final six drives West Virginia was able to score. And obviously when Oklahoma desperately needed to stop late, ah, the defense couldn't get <laughs> don't, don't remind any student fans of that. I think OU is going to win the game. Uh, I don't know that it has anything to do with the history of the Bedlam game itself. If right. anything, I would think that Oklahoma comes into this game a little more tentative than usual. I think it's just the desperation to try and get bowl eligible. The fact that the game is in Norman, I think is uh, helpful for the Sooners. I don't expect Oklahoma again to have a bunch of stops of Spencer Sanders in this game, though that health factor, I do think leans me a little bit more in Oklahoma's direction here to where I worry a little bit about Oklahoma state's ability to, to comfortably run Spencer Sanders. So I'm going to take OU. I don't feel good about it with this bedlam. (laughs) I'm going to take OU to win this thing 34 to 31. I do think there's plenty of points both ways, but the Sooners find a way to get ball eligible, Cody. All right, man. Hey, it's, it's, it's either, it's either here or Lubbock. And uh, I think honestly uh, you, you have an equal shot at getting this one done as, as, as opposed to Lubbock. Uh, one quick thing before we get off here, isn't it funny that if you were in the SEC this year, you probably don't have the same record because the bottom half of the SEC is nothing like the bottom half of the big 12. Yeah, that is an interesting wrinkle, right? Thinking about, I mean, it, it the hypothetical game there, it's like, what would OU's schedule mm-hmm. look like? But uh, I don't know that it'd be necessarily a ton worse, right? I mean, I could certainly certainly sign up with that. I don't know, though, man. Uh, Oklahoma got to get a lot better before they start making a, a jump to the SEC to play some of the teams over there. Right now, OU is, uh, you know, I you know, big takeaway from last week for me was, Oklahoma is officially a bad football team is what the loss uh, at West Virginia meant. So we'll see. Maybe they could be a good football team for three quarters, uh, three quarters, four quarters. I don't know. A couple <laughs> of quarters. State come Saturday. Cody, man. Hey, appreciate you joining us on this locked on crossover. Everybody check out uh, Cody's work all day. Oh state. Uh, how can they find you guys on 
YouTube. Um, so YouTube is same locked on Oklahoma State YouTube page. Love it. Cody will do it again, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. God bless. Go pokes. There you go. It's Bedlam week, ladies and gents. For yes, uh for Cody, I'm Josh. Until next time, thanks for making us your first listen each and every day right here on the Locked On Network. So long, everybody.